12 through 23. If you'd like to follow along, you can find this in page 3 of your Pew Bibles. This is Matthew's story about the call of the first disciples. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. As he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In 1915, Ernest Shackleton began planning a land voyage across the Antarctic. His first task was to recruit crew members to join the expedition. He was underfunded, the First World War was brewing, and all he had to offer were working conditions guaranteed to be both difficult and dangerous. Finally, he decided the best recruitment strategy was to tell the truth. So he took out newspaper advertisements that read, Join an Antarctic expedition. We promise you hazardous journey, small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Today is the Sunday of our annual congregational meeting. It's a time to take care of necessary business, including electing new leaders, approving your pastor's compensation. But it's also an opportunity for us to look back over the past year, to reflect on where we've been and how God has been at work among us, and to look forward to where God might be calling us next. It has been just less than a year since I stood in this pulpit for the first time, and the text we heard that day was a similar text to today's. It was from the Gospel of Luke, when Jesus inspires the first disciples to follow him by telling them to put down their nets in the deep water, which results in an astonishingly abundant catch. Jesus' reference to the deep water was a warning of sorts that the road ahead for those who chose to follow him would be a hazardous journey with, you might say, small wages, bitter cold, 
constant danger, safe return, doubtful. Over the course of this last year, what has delighted me most as your pastor is that time and again, we at FPC have not been afraid to move toward the deep water. I have invited you to consider a lot of new ideas, new ways of doing and being church, and to try some new things and not worry too much if they don't work. To my amazement, you have done all of these things. You have shown an incredible willingness to discern and respond to Jesus' invitation to discipleship, even when the way forward hasn't been entirely clear. As your pastor, I am so grateful for this and for the trust and faithfulness you have placed in me on this journey. In today's text, we witness these first disciples responding to a rather vague invitation from Jesus to join him on a journey that would take them away from everything in their lives that is familiar and comfortable, families, homes, jobs. Remarkably, they do not hesitate, even though this journey will ultimately change their lives forever. A year ago, we took our first steps together on a journey of discipleship, and by most measures, if you came to the celebration of ministry before this service, you heard that it's been a year of successes. But of course, that is never the full story. Every journey of faith, whether it's individual or communal, is full of wonder and amazement, but also confusion and fear and sacrifice, and even grief. Over this year, we have certainly had our share of all of these as we have navigated change and loss and challenging decisions in the midst of all the excitement of trying new things. My years of ministry and my own journey of discipleship have taught me that as we try to follow Jesus, the most significant measure of success for individuals or churches is that we keep moving, keep taking the next step forward, keep fishing, as it were, and returning to those deep waters, keep following Jesus. Last weekend, the session, the governing body of the church, spent a Saturday retreat together, and we discussed the role of mission and values in guiding us as we seek to respond to Jesus' invitation to follow him. Our mission is something we talk about often, almost every Sunday. I say that FPC exists to inspire, nurture, and serve, to inspire people to faith in Jesus Christ, to nurture disciples of Christ, to serve the world God loves to the glory of God. Our values we haven't named as clearly, but when we do, they can serve as guardrails of sorts for our journey. When we make values explicit, it becomes easier to hold ourselves and one another accountable to them. So after some conversations and exercises to identify core values of First Presbyterian Church, the session decided to spend time this year trying on three values, grounded, growing, and generous. Grounded, growing, and generous. Values we see reflected in Jesus' own life and ministry. 
In the text from Matthew's Gospel we heard today, Jesus begins his ministry by moving away from his hometown of Nazareth to the town of Capernaum. This is a town whose significance comes from Jesus' religious tradition. This is a region the prophet Isaiah declared would have special significance, calling it the Galilee of the Gentiles. Even as Jesus stays grounded in his own religious tradition, he begins his ministry by growing that tradition to include new people, even non-Jews, in God's love and care. And Jesus is generous in his invitation for people to join him on this journey. Follow me, he says to some fishermen on the shore, and I will make you fish for people. From the beginning, Jesus lets these fishermen know that although he asks them to leave behind everything they know and love, he invites them to use all the skills they have already developed. Grounded in what they already know, these men will spend their journey of discipleship growing their skills and their understanding, taking what they know and using it in generous service to God and to God's people. These values of being grounded, growing, and generous have been consistent throughout First Presbyterian's history. As I shared last year in our series of congregational socials, in the first 128 years of this church's existence, we moved physical locations five times before finally landing here on Cary Street Road. And this congregation has kept moving in other ways as well. Even as we've stayed true to our Reformed theological beliefs and practices, we have embraced new interpretations and understandings of how the gospel is meaningful and relevant in every time and place over the 208 years of this church's existence. There is no question in my mind that the coming year will bring its own set of challenges and difficult decisions. It is not an easy time to be a church in America, in Virginia, even in Richmond. The very role of organized religion in our country, state, and community is constantly evolving, even being called into question. And as a church that is committed to generously welcoming people from across the political spectrum, it should come as no surprise to any of us that navigating a year that has begun with a presidential impeachment trial and that will end with a presidential election will pose its own set of challenges as we seek to follow Christ together. And yet I believe that with our mission clearly stated and our values firmly in hand and with God's help, we will see our way through. At the western edge of the Colorado Plateau, there is a stand of over 40,000 aspen trees that has been named Pando, a Latin word meaning spread out. Although these trees appear to be 40,000 individual trees, as individual as each person sitting here today, they are in fact connected because they all share one underground root system that causes Pando to spread out above ground and below across 106 acres. Although each individual tree appears to stand alone, in reality, 
it does not. Each tree in Pando is bound to every other. Like Pando, this one massive organism that looks like a bunch of small individuals, there is more to our community than anyone can see simply by looking at the individuals who gather for worship each Sunday or who come through the doors during the week. We are grounded together intimately and intricately in the God who created us and who claims us. We are growing together as we answer Christ's call to discipleship, a call that will use all of our existing skills and develop them into something new. And we are generous together as we welcome newcomers and share our resources and skills beyond our walls in ways that manifest God's love and God's kingdom here and now. There is no doubt in my mind that we have everything we need to faithfully answer Christ's call to follow him, our common history, our shared commitment, and most importantly, our faith as we take each next step on our journey. And there is no question that our nation and our state and our city need us to faithfully answer Christ's call. Amazingly enough, when Ernest Shackleton put out his painfully honest advertisement for an expedition from which a safe return was doubtful, he received 5,000 applications. It turns out there is something about an exciting and demanding journey that people find appealing. So even as we seek to present the best of what we as a church have to offer, let's also be honest with ourselves and with each other and with those who join us along the way. To be honest that the journey we're on is not easy, for it is a journey that will challenge and change us Like an Antarctic journey, there is no guarantee of a safe return from the journey of faith. What is guaranteed is that we will never have to journey alone. We have each other, and we have Jesus, who not only has called us to join him on this journey, but has already gone ahead of us to blaze the trail and who always returns to walk alongside us every step of the way. Amen.